From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. I'm Christopher Norton. When I started in this industry a decade ago, the number of financial advisors on social media was few. Today, we have pretty widespread adoption, but with engagement comes the need for resources. How will you collaborate on content? How will you deploy content? How will you track engagement in real time? How will you measure results? And most importantly, how will you stay compliant? My guest today has built a company to address every one of these issues. Ben Pankinen, welcome to the Conquer Risk podcast. Well, thanks, Christopher. It's great to be with you here today. So to get started, um, tell us about your company. What is Social Assurance and why is it unique? Yeah, you know, we started exclusively for financial institutions and we've stayed that way. Uh, You know, we started in the finance space because we saw this challenge, uh, like you described, uh, really that hurdle to maintaining relationships uh, virtually. Uh, maintaining those online uh, was one of the major challenges we saw. And so uh, we built a software platform uh, as well as services to support uh, those challenges of overcoming the uh, the role of social media. I think it's 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 notable and and worth diving into that that what you offer is more than just, a plug-in to Twitter and Facebook that that records things for compliance. There's, there's a whole engine behind this. Can you can you walk me through what that looks like? Yeah, you're right. You know, uh, when we originally started, uh, really, uh, we saw this challenge of advertising approval really intersecting with social media being the challenge. And so intersecting with social media with this challenge of making advertising approval easier meant we needed uh, a way to check that box before something was published. Uh, and so our first versions really, uh, really did that. Uh, but we started to understand that uh, social media uh, had equal challenges in developing content, distributing content. When we worked with a group of advisors that needed content to come from a centralized marketing place, or when we needed to work with uh, advisors who needed uh, ideas for content, suggestions. Um, and then, of course, content uh, is always changing on these social media channels. And And so it is a lot more than uh, just being able to uh, publish that piece of content. It's also managing uh, the weird things like listings and reviews. Um, You know, we have uh, solutions for individualized reporting uh, for advertising management. Now that a lot of your social media involves a paid aspect, uh, that becomes a, a new challenge in understanding how you're going to manage an ad spend over time as well. Well, there's there's a lot to unpack there, um, and I feel like I should I should mention before we go any further that you and I know each other. Um, that an agency that I was a part of several years ago, Blue Giant, was an early adopter, um, and <clears throat> so I've I've kind of followed the development of of social assurance from from when we used it, gosh, seven or eight years ago to today, which is why I made that point at the top about how as adoption has grown, excuse me, how adoption has grown, so has the the need for resources and, and the tools available. 
So when when we when we caught up ahead of this podcast, um, you you made an interesting comment that that nobody buys storage. Nobody just wants to pay to store their stuff, and <clears throat> simply storing, uh, you know, s- simply paying for something to just archive your. Um, your social media content wasn't wasn't enough, and you wanted it to be more. Can you can you talk about how that sort of led to the evolution of the firm? Yeah, you know, when I think about it, you and I met because I met your compliance officer at the time, right? That was that was the introduction. That's how we met. Um, oh my gosh, I, I thought it was like right? a networking and thing or something. We met through compliance. <laughs> That's got to be. I, I believe that. <laughs> That's it's a pretty unique scenario, right? That I, I wow. believe that um, your compliance department at that time had had made that introduction um, through a demo or, or something right. like that. I take back, and so I take back some of the mean things I've said about them over the years. Not all, but but some. <laughs> sure, but but yeah, when I think about that, you know, overcoming it, you know, when we really looked at the solution and said. Archival is not something that we should be passionate about. <laughs> it is, it's storage. It's simply like paying for storage uh, and it's cold storage uh, as that, right? It's something that we're, we're throwing all of our social media um, access into there. Um, and really, when we uh, started getting involved with the real problem of how do we make marketing engaging, how do we make social media engaging for financial advisors, that's where things got to be a lot more exciting um, in this area of moving beyond uh, just, uh, just a storage unit. The tagline of your firm is connecting financial brands to their communities. And I know, I know that there's a lot of things that you do, as you mentioned, from reporting to campaigns to ad management. But talk to me how it all comes back to this idea of community and what you're really trying to help advisors do. Yeah, you, you know, Christopher, a, a lot of times I get to talk about storytelling, which is you know the buzz term in a lot of marketing spaces. And one of the ways that I talk about that is that, you know, when we begin our story, we have an inciting incident that kicks it off. And, you know, for us at Social Assurance, that, in, that incident was... Uh, a lot of financial brands wanted to be on social media and they needed sort of the step. But at the end of your story, you know, when you get rolling and you start to achieve some of your vision for it, you have another moment. And that other moment for us that in, you know, in storytelling, we call it that inciting incident when something changes for us was, you know, meeting with some financial brands that said all of a sudden, hey, here's what we're doing in our community and why we're doing it. Here's why we're advising about financial services. Here's what we're making as an impact in our community, whether that was in you know volunteer work or whatever that was. Here's the impact we're making. And we really started taking our first name, right, social, and saying, you know, this is something that we're really helping in communities. Uh, this social aspect of our business, um, which, yes, it, it produces an advertising approval product, but when we're connecting properly to communities, uh, it's so much bigger than that. One of the complaints that I often hear with social media is advisors feel like it becomes another job. And they already have more jobs than they set out to job in managing their tech stack and taking care of all of these things that go beyond just connecting with their clients. And I think social media 
can feel like another job, but it's really an opportunity to, to further those connections, which, which you just spoke about. Many advisors want to take that to the next level, and they want to hire an intern or get someone else in their office involved in social media, um, and that idea is very appealing to them until they have the realization that, okay, but now I'm handing the keys off to another person. I've got to keep that compliant. I've got to keep on top of of everything that they're doing. And gosh, is that going to be more work than just doing it myself? Your workflow helps solve that. So, So talk about how social assurance can help advisors scale in the social media side of things by adding easy approval steps. Yeah, you know, approval is a huge component of that, right? Um, you know, inviting others to become content creators and help you to facilitate those relationships is critical. Uh, and, you know, if you're finding the right people, um, you know, they can really help lighten that load for you. Um, if not, you might be outsourcing it, whether you're outsourcing some of that content creation to someone like us or someone like, you know, the agency that you work with. Um, you know, all of those can become part of what helps you to build that relationship. And, you know, people are building relationships based on the thought leadership and uh, the way that you're creating that content. And so I, I think when we focus it around the relational aspect and realize we're tapping into a community that surrounds our brand, um, you know, maybe it's because they know you, uh, maybe it's because they know about you, or um, that helps, you know, present a lot of those other engagements and relationships. And um, yeah, I think uh, a big part of that is making sure that you have uh, other people connected rather than it just being a singular point of view when you're making that content. Well, that the whole idea of compliance, trusting people with your brand, it runs it runs deep into the core of who an advisor is and and that is the perfect segue into my next question, which is data security. Uh, we we ask this question with every tech firm that that we talk to. Everyone is worried about data security. How are how are you store? Being that part of what you do is store information. How are you storing that? How are you using it? And 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 what can advisors take away from you know, the security around that? Yeah, well, it's it's really interesting to ask a social media company, right, where they store data, right? right? Now, all of the things that we store are stored in a secure SSAE, you know, facility, you know, we, we encrypt all of our data, you know, so we, we have to certainly hold up a lot of those same things that um, your other vendors do. Uh, of course, then we have an API to publicly available social media interactions uh, through what's called OAuth. So we have a secure exchange and have to be a part partner with, um, you know, those platforms, you know, like Facebook, like Twitter, um, you know, we have to pass uh, those those steps with them in order to communicate back and forth. But then, of course, we're storing it um, in, in those facilities. But, you know, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's also interesting that, um, you know, the, it's not just about where we store data, it's also the way in which we communicate about social media channels. You know, I would actually argue that one of the most shared passwords uh, in any financial institution is likely the social media password. There's probably more people that know the social media password uh, at your office than know the password to the copier machine. 
right? Like it, it's, it's something that um, we've had to pass around in order to communicate. And so when we begin delegating that access, uh, we just put it on a post-it note and pass it around, even though we didn't do that with anything else in, in our in our brand. We've known that that's, uh, that's not to be done. Um, but if you don't have a role-based uh, system like we provide, then that's the alternative is passing that password around. I intentionally saved this question for the end. I, I wanted to kind of talk through what you do and how you do it and then come back to this. If you're if you were an individual advisor or an advisor with a small office and you've you've been piecemealing your, your social media efforts to date um, you know, using something like the Hootsuite or a, a, another social media publication tool that allows you to do some scheduling. You're you're using an, an entity to to archive your information so you can stay compliant uh, and doing a number of different things. How can using something like Social Assurance make your life easier and all in one place? We're we're big fans of of all in one solutions at Potomac for a number of different things. And, and, and that was, that really strikes at the core at why I wanted to have this conversation with you today is, is to explain how that all comes together. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times uh, you're right. We, we do reach for whatever the generic, you know, solution is. Uh, and so that's, that's a common thing. And a lot of small businesses, have reached for those, and, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But when we look at uh, what a financial advisor needs and what uh, we need to maintain compliance uh, to be able to do your archival, uh, to make sure that we have an approval process when we do uh, delegate access, um, documenting all of those things in one spot is really what makes it faster and makes it uh, an easier solution. You know, we talk a lot about uh, social media being that relationship building, um, but relationship building needs an element of speed. Um, you know, whether we're That's looking well at said. that speed yeah. to relationships or speed of trust or things like that, all of that is part of what it takes to build those. That that speed comment is is I think extraordinarily important. Um, I know that's that's something that I talked a lot about in in early days of working with advisors on social media. Is this is this is a social? It's it's in the very name. This is a, this is a social environment, and just scheduling some some posts and not interacting with people, you're you're not you're, you're, that's not what it's for, and you're not going to get the value out of it. And and I think a lot of people see. Getting uh, others and the staff involved, uh, approval processes, compliance slows it down to a point where, you know, you, you can't you can't live in that world of of live interactions. Whereas utilizing a tool like this makes that a reality. Yeah, I, I believe it does. Uh, it does speed that up, and it allows uh, less decisions to be made. Um, you know, outside, right? We're not emailing, uh, you know, a social interaction and then saying, hey, could you approve this? And then I'll get it posted. It should look like it's going to look on those social channels. What else should advisors be thinking about that that maybe isn't top of mind when they see something like this come across their screen? Yeah, I think a lot of times we we gravitate. I, I know I'm I'm guilty of this a lot of times. 
when I'm considering a new tool or I'm considering a new strategy, um, I think, well, we should go to, to strategy, right? We should go to what's the strategic advantage of this tool. And um, I, I'm reminded of uh, Peter Drucker made this uh, quote years ago and said, strategy is a commodity and execution is an art. And I think I think that is really what to be thinking about in social media is that the execution every day of social media is really where you win. You you know you don't win on that one tweet or that one post that's going to go viral for your financial brand. That's that's probably not what's going to happen. But if you're consistent and you make uh, really that execution a thing of beauty, that's really where where you can win in this space. Well, that's very well said, and and certainly something that that even I can be guilty of from time to time. Like with this this one funny video clip or this one great tweet that I've composed is going to be what takes us to the next level, and it's it's not it's not that it is it is the the regular everyday execution that that builds engagement over time. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Before we close, I want to I want to end on recommendations. Um, that's a tradition that we have uh, we just can't seem to get away from. Um, I'll I'll kick us off. Um, mine is going since I'm since I'm sitting here in my living room anyway. Mine's going to be a very homey recommendation, and that is the Fellow Electric Water Kettle. Um, like like many of our listeners, and certainly for myself, making coffee. Um, is is sort of a religious experience in the morning. And I had an electric water kettle that I was using and I, I would heat up the water and then I would pour it into this um, Japanese water kettle that I had with, with kind of a long curled arm. And I would use that for my pour overs. I, I make a Chemex every morning. And, and this is uh, as first world of a problem as it gets, but I was frustrated by how... how much the temperature would drop in that in that process. By the time I poured it out of one kettle into another kettle and then over the coffee, by the time I was done, you had lost a lot. And this water kettle that I'm recommending is is both what you pour out of and it heats it up and it's insulated. So it keeps the water incredibly warm. And what's really cool is it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a trickle charger for your car battery. It keeps the water hot for a half an hour. So it used to be you'd turn on your electric kettle, you'd wait for it to chime and let you know that it was done, and and then you'd, you'd go and grab it, and you'd, oftentimes I'd have to heat it back up before I used it. And this just keeps it boiling until I'm ready to use it, which is awesome. So if, if like me, you have been uh, losing water temperature and frustration of using multiple kettles to make coffee in the morning uh i i cannot uh more highly recommend the fellow electric water kettle that is an awesome recommendation i i too have switched to an electric kettle um during this 2020 um because i've been drinking a lot more coffee sure. from home um but i will also add that i have changed the way in which i brew coffee oftentimes okay. and so i have have now been a convert to the aeropress uh, um have you experienced the aeropress i have and and this is the, the most timely of of uh opportunities to tell the story um i have made espresso through an aeropress i haven't i haven't made regular coffee yes and um amazingly um 
the compliance person that introduced you and I at my old agency, I made a pitch that we did not need to have compliance pre-approve our social media anymore because they had never said no. And it was an unnecessary step for them to have to do that. They could continue to monitor it and give us feedback, but we didn't need to wait for their approval. So I put together a 17 slide deck and while I was giving the presentation, I made AeroPress espresso and and then heated the milk and 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 made the compliance person a Gibraltar while I was giving the presentation. I was making coffee and presenting at the same time. And when I was done with the presentation, I handed her a completed uh, coffee beverage, and she said yes. <laughs> no one had ever no one had ever gotten that yes before, but I I did. <laughs> That's awesome. The AeroPress sealed the deal. Um, I I don't typically make it with the espresso attachment, but you can get mm-hmm. the espresso attachment that screws on the, yep. the end. Um, but uh, we have found uh, the AeroPress uh, one. It takes me a little bit longer than my normal brewed coffee, um, but not by much with the electric kettle. And uh, so I, I think great recommendations uh, go together. Agreed. So uh, AeroPress craft coffee, um, you should enjoy your coffee every day. I love it. I love it. And I couldn't agree more. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, write us a review if you feel so inclined. And be looking for the coffee podcast that Ben and I are clearly going to start in the near future. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.